I want to tell you that, that part of what we do today, and this is, we've done this, this will be year four. Part of what we do today is, is at the end of Faith in Action, we take a Sunday and we celebrate what God accomplished. Listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. We celebrate what God accomplished, not what we did. What we did was great and what we did was fine and what we did was good, right? Because good work creates um, space and goodwill for the good news. That's why we do what we do, but the reason that we celebrate today is because of what God has done, because God is the one that is on the move, right? And we are just thrilled and blessed to be able to be part of what he's accomplishing here in this place, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ is why we exist, and the gospel of Jesus Christ must be shared. The gospel of Jesus Christ will not be quenched, and get this, you and I have the privilege to be a part of, of, its, of its move. Like, that's not something that we do begrudgingly. That's something that we thank God for the privilege and the ability to be a part of. That, I mean, that's it. That's why we do what we do. Because God is worth it, hell is real, and people need to know the gospel. Right? So we are celebrating today what God is doing and the fact that he chooses to use us in the process. Listen to me, church. It's a big deal, and it's something that we should be excited about. So um, we're going to celebrate, and there's a few people um, that, that uh, over the course of the weekend have seen God do some cool things and seen God move either in our congregation or in our midst and, and at the places we were working, and, and they've agreed to share some of those with us. And so we'll start with Danielle. I saw you first. Also, I wrote you in my notes first. Oh, I, I thought maybe you would just forget my no, name, yep. and then I was going to get off here. Nope, so. sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm Danielle. Um, this was my third year participating in Faith in Action, but it was my first year being able to serve uh, the full three days. Um, and last night, getting home, I was a little mentally and physically exha exhausted, um, but my heart was full from what I had seen over the past three days. Um, I kind of, my story, I kind of wanted to start with um, Friday morning. I was going out to a home. I had no idea where I was going. Um, it just said, like, cleaning and organizing. And I told my girls, they asked me, hey, what are you doing today? And I was like, oh, I'm going out to this house to do some cleaning and organizing. And they were like, that sounds exactly like you, Mom. I'm like, yep, it sure does. <laughs> because I really like things neat and tidy. Um, so we got to this house, and um, there were a group of, I think, five of us women downstairs, none of whom I really knew really well, um, first name basis, so that was really great to get to know them as the day progressed. Um, we're working, and I have no idea who this person is, the home that I'm working in, and um, we're going through some bags of things, and all of a sudden I hear a familiar voice and I look up, and it's a former coworker of mine. And immediately she recognizes me, says my name, gives me a big hug. Um, come to find out the home that we are in, this was her ex-husband, who she shares two daughters with. I had no idea. <laughs> um, and immediately I could just kind of see the weight lifted off of her shoulders, like here is a familiar person 
um, in this home that is helping me. And immediately she had tears in her eyes. She gave me a big hug. Thank you so much. I am so overwhelmed by all this. I can't believe all these people are here to help us and do all these kind things. Um, long story short, she actually lives in California. And she's been back here for about three months, she says, trying to take care of the legalities um, at the home, um, trying to get um, this man to, into a condo um, so that he's not living on his own. And so it was just kind of like this big weight had been lifted off her shoulder. So later on, she came back that afternoon and once again gives me another big hug and with tears in her eyes hands me a check. And I'm like, oh, we, we don't need this. You know, we're all here to serve. And she insisted I take it. So I took it. I brought it back to the church Thursday night. So Friday morning, I was supposed to go out to the same place. Um, but instead, Kathy kind of recruited me to do some decking with her. So together, Kathy and I learned how to stain and seal a deck. Then we went back out to this place after lunch and finished a deck out there. And here she is again, this woman. And she hands me another check. <laughs> And she says, the one from yesterday is from me. The one from today is, you know, from the homeowner, and he insists that you take this. And I was like, okay, well, you know, thank you. We really appreciate it. And she's like, no, thank you. We really appreciate it. She goes, when this whole process started, we never, ever would have guessed that this many people, I think on Friday afternoon we were out there. I bet there were 20 of us out there. Um, helping fill a dumpster and moving and all ages like we had some middle school kiddos out there and we had all all ages of people so it was just a really great experience I feel like I had no idea where I was going or who this person was but I feel like God put me there for that reason because I was a familiar face to her and she needed that she needed to see someone that was here to help someone that was familiar and I feel like a big weight just got lifted off of her shoulders just in seeing her. It was just like, oh my gosh, here's someone that I know. And so that's my story. <laughs> that's better. Yeah. And, and you know what? During Faith in Action, we're blessed to do all kinds of projects. And um, some are for believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. And the book of Acts tells us that the way that the church cares for one another, the way that the church loves on um, its brothers and sisters in Christ is one of the reasons that people are so attracted to the church. Um, but we also had the privilege of doing projects for people that need to know Jesus. And this gentleman needs to know Jesus. And so not only did we... Um, do some work at his house to make his life a little simpler. And they did a lot of work at his house to make his life a lot simpler. Right? But they also, right, they did good work that generated goodwill, that made space so that by the end of the day on Saturday that they could sit down together. And there was an opportunity to pray. And someone had an opportunity to share the gospel and make sure that this man knows. And, and you know what? Seeds were planted. I don't know what will happen with those because it's not my job, right? It's not my job to prepare the harvest. It's my job to do the harvest. It's your job to do the harvest, right? But good works created goodwill, created space for the gospel, and that's the Holy Spirit's job. We've done our part, and you know what? I am confident that God will do his, right? And so great job. That team all three days did a fantastic job. Kids, 
Um, I, I know a lot of them are probably sleeping in or downstairs or whatever, but our, we had so many youth, our middle school, our high school kids worked so hard, and that was one of the places where they worked, and that work matters. It's not busy work, right? It's not just something we do to fill a day so that we can pat ourselves on the back. It matters. So, Danielle, thank you for sharing that. Josh, you want to come on down, or you want me to toss you the microphone? Or? All right. My name is Josh, um, from Mount Auburn area, and originally I was supposed to be with my wife doing the videoing, there we go, <laughs> and uh, all the interviews and stuff like that, and then I got word from Mr. Hummel, Danny over there, he needs some help on some foundation work, and it just so happened to be in my hometown in Mount Auburn, and ironically it's the same house I drive by every single day going to work and back and for like 30 years now I've seen this house in the corner and the foundation is just dilapidated and falling in on itself and someone tried to fix it years ago and well it was a need and uh, so it kind of struck me to go help out and I helped um, so I unfortunately have the gift of masonry and concrete under my belt, which is something that not most people like to do, including myself at times. And, <laughs> and uh, so I was fortunate enough to go help them and work with a great group of people. Um, the Eckmeyers were wonderful people to work for. They actually know my parents, my grandparents, and they were really good friends with them, and I really didn't have any knowledge of that until that moment. Um, they were really gracious, and I actually think we were kind of spoiled for having such a good house to work on, really, because they were great people. They were very compassionate and loving on us, and they know Jesus and have a major part of that in their life. Um, come to find out, they sat next to my grandparents in church every Sunday until my grandma died, so they were uh, really great people to work for, and I felt really good to give them what they needed. They were really in need of, of the assistance. So that's my story. Excellent. And, and Josh is, is being um, humble. We all have gifts that God has given us. If you saw the video, mine was supervising, <laughs> right? Or holding things, right? <laughs> Helping. Helping Kyle and Nick, helping Kyle and Nick with stairs. It's like, all right, hold this. They did let me hammer some nails in. Um, after something was already secured, they're like, it could use a few more. Go ahead. Um, so uh, we all have different skills and abilities that God has given us. And, and it's just so happened to be um, that, uh, that Josh was able to be off work when he didn't think he was going to be able to on Thursday. Uh, that he has um, a unique talent for working with concrete and foundations that not many people have. Um, as his son put it, um, he just bends over and sticks concrete in holes. That's what he does. He said, that's not hard work. 
I think Josh would beg to differ, but, but that was a house that, that needed significantly. And that's not why we were there. That wasn't the work that we were there to do. But you know what? Um, we had the opportunity to help in that way because God is gracious and he provides everything that we need um, so that we can love on brothers and sisters in Christ that needed the support. Uh, and we're very grateful for it. And so that was good. Philip. Matt because he didn't tell me what to do so I have Bible verses I have song references pop culture I can put this there okay so my name's Phil and I was tasked this year this is my third year doing it of doing landscaping so we've had some pretty good days but honestly we got to Saturday and actually I'm going to take a minute to stop and think Deb Hessen and Jess Rich, as well as anybody else who planned Faith in Action. If you didn't do it or you don't know what happened, those two ladies spearheaded this thing. So if you find them, thank them. They did an awesome job. And I, for one, was harassing them quite a bit, so I'll, I would imagine that they were being harassed by everybody else as well. Probably. But, so yeah, so I actually, I got to Saturday morning not feeling very good about the last couple days, thinking... Jobs aren't going well, equipment's breaking, you know, it's just not a year that, I'm like, this isn't, hasn't been a good year. So, and it literally comes down to we're leaving lunch on Saturday, and I'm thinking, we are not going to be able to get our stuff done. And luckily, we got some reinforcements, we got to our job sites, got ahead of schedule, and got to our last job for Faith in Action. It was an elderly, widowed man who has a landscape team show up to his house, and he says, hey, I have three jobs for you. Repair a garage door, install a garbage disposal, and take down a gutter. And I'm thinking, one of us don't know what the word landscape means. So <laughs> then, luckily, Scott showed up, and he was a big help, and we managed to work together to get the gutter down and get the garage door fixed in a good amount of time. And like Meatloaf says, two out of three ain't bad. So, um, and so with that, we were there a couple hours, and we did a couple things for him. He was such a nice gentleman. His wife had just passed this last winter. The kids aren't around, and it's just hard to have him have company. And so we were able to just talk. We, the last thing we did for him was we painted his cellar door. And... Luckily, he was always involved with us. He was out there talking to us, and we finally, we had to take a break to let the paint dry, and we just sat and talked. We talked for 10, 15 minutes. There was a whole group of us, and you could tell that he just loved having the company. And we tried to invite him out for supper, but he just wasn't feeling it. Um, but I would bet that if you asked him, he would tell you that the highlight for what we did was that 15 minutes of us talking to him. And just, I mean, it really made me think about how important it is that we are doing jobs, we are doing work, but the relationships are what's important for us to get out there, get with people who are either believers or non-believers, and just make that connection. So we did that, um, and honestly, for me, a couple other things I had is just, I don't know how you guys were who did Faith in Action, but I have yet to see either job site, a team of people who are just anything but 
ready to work, don't care who they're working for or what they're doing, they are there to do God's work and spread his love. And it's just amazing the people we have, the talent we have, all the projects we get done, and it's just amazing. And it's a plug that if anybody who didn't do it this year or last year, commit to it. I mean, you can do all three days, you can do a half day, and you will be changed by it. So I did get a Bible verse I wanted to share that kind of summed up my faith in action experience, and then Matt Chandler this morning on right now convinced me I have to do two verses instead of one. So I'll be reading out of Galatians chapter 5, and it's going to be verses 13 and 14. And it goes, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge a sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I feel like that exemplifies what Blessed Hope did the last three days. We got together with a huge group of people. Whether you were kids or whether you, was old, you were as old as 67, Denny, you were working. And you were doing all sorts of projects, helping out all sorts of people. And it was just an amazing three, week, three days and an awesome group of people that really makes me excited for next year. So, thank you. Two out of three ain't bad. It's awesome. Do you know I saw a meatloaf in concert? It was okay. That's it. It, it was okay. Um, listen, God has uniquely gifted each and every one of us. And I talk to people at times who frankly feel bad about their gifting. Can I tell you something? It's absurd. It's absurd. Um... It would be easy for me, after three days of faith in action, um, hanging out with, you know, um, Shane and, and, and Jeff and Kyle and Nick and whoever else, um, to, to feel bad about my gifting, right? Because there's things those guys can do that I can't do. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start to do those things. Watching Deb and Malia and Jess prepare for months for Faith in Action, watching the child care workers do their thing, the people in the kitchen working so hard, it would be easy for me to sit back and say, okay, God, you know what? You seem to have gifted everybody else. I'm not sure I've got anything to offer here. But you know what? God found ways to use my gifting in that mess. God has uniquely wired me to do specific things. Listen to me. God has uniquely wired you. Your talents, your abilities, your gifts, your passions, the things you care about. God has uniquely wired those into you. And when he made you new in Christ, he did something in you to make those able to shine. We read that in Matthew 5, right? Let your light shine. Why? So that people will see it and they will give glory to God because of it. Not you. They won't give you glory. I'm sorry if you thought that's what this was. It was not that. But they see it. Why? So that they can give glory to God. Listen, we had people who did nothing more than, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because it was one of the most powerful things that we've ever done during Faith in Action, and it's happened every year. We had people that did nothing more than sit in the front seat of a golf cart 
and drive around up and down city blocks praying. Listen to me. I don't care who you are. God has uniquely wired you and gifted you to be actively about the ministry of the gospel. There are none of us that don't have something to offer. And you know what? On a siding job, I don't have as much to offer. But there are other ways that God has uniquely gifted me that I can step into that space and I can shine brightly. And I promise you it's true for you. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how skilled you are or aren't. Listen to me. God has uniquely gifted you to be about his, um, his gospel, to be uniquely about service. And, and there is something that you bring to the table that nobody else does. So if you were there, if you served during faith in action, half day, full day, two days, three days, whatever it was, let's, let's be honest, some of you have been serving for weeks to prep for faith in action. We had three public days of faith in action that took weeks and weeks of private days to get ready. Physical work, um, organizational work, shopping and cooking work. I mean, listen, a lot of time, effort, and energy went into this, and if you were involved in that, listen, something got done that would not have gotten done if you hadn't been there. The reason Josh is such a great testimony is because that becomes a very clear picture for us to see, but that's just one picture. If you weren't there, something would not have gotten done, and so I am so grateful for all of you that, that that were able to participate, and, and for those of you that weren't, um, that, that have been praying and getting ready and doing those things behind the scenes, thank you so much for that as well. This is why we exist as a church, is to bring a hurting world the hope of Jesus. And I would tell you more if I had a clicker. Hold that thought. You want to hit the next slide for me? Great. Hit the one after that. We know that, right? We know that good works um, creates um, goodwill, which creates space for the gospel. We've covered that. But um, the reason that, that we've been doing all of this is because of the mandate. Phil, Phil talked about it, and, and, and I think did a great job reminding us what it says, that we are, um, we are to demonstrate love for our neighbors. That's the, the whole law is wrapped up in that command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself, and it's a big deal. And, and um, we've been tracking through this series, just this quick three-week series about um, our faith in action and about that mandate to love one another. And we've been asking questions about love, right? So the first week we talked about, like, like okay, so how do we love people? And it wasn't necessarily a, like, what should that love look like? It was a how. How do we summon the strength to love people? Because, man— a lot of us are just tired, and a lot of us are burned out, and a lot of us don't have it in us. And, and the answer that we found there was that we do so with the understanding that we are conduits of God's grace, not containers of it, but that when we are plugged in, when we let God's grace flow through us, that you know what? We never run dry. And we said that there are going to be people that you will look at them and you will look at their life and you will look at the way that they love others and you will say, oh my goodness, how in the world do they do that? Well, it's simple. It's because they're not relying and they're not loving on their own strength, but that they're pouring the grace of God out. And then last week, um, Pastor David looked at, at uh, the question, okay, so who do we love? 
And it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek question because the answer was simple. Everybody. But the caveat was this. Even if you don't want to love them, you love them. Even if you're not sure you like who they are, you love them. Even if they potentially stand... Look at you. Man. That's... That guy tell you what even if even if you don't like what they stand for you love them why because they are the mission they are made in the image of God and we are told look you are to love people as you love yourself love your neighbor as you love yourself and the the story of the good Samaritan points out man that your neighbor is anybody that's out there whether you like them and what they stand for or not and then this week we get to tackle the last question, which is simply this. It's another silly question. When do I love? And of course we know the answer. The answer is every stinking time you get a chance. The problem is most of us, even though we know that's the answer, we love every time we get a chance. What most of us tend to do is we prefer to love others when it's convenient. And oftentimes, because of the way that we've ordered our lives, it's never convenient. Right? And so we have all kinds of excuses and all kinds of reasons why we don't reach out to people in love, why we don't demonstrate love. But the reality is, um, they're just excuses because God has ordered this for us. Here's what he says in Ephesians 5. He says, look, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord want you, wants you to do. Here, here's just the simple way to break this down. Look, the time is fleeting, so be really careful how you spend it. Time is your most precious commodity. It's all you've got. Right? Everything boils down to this, how you spend the time that God's given you. He's given you gifts, he's given you resources, he's given you abilities, right? But time is the currency here. So how are you going to spend it? And so Paul says here, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he says, look, be careful then how you spend it. Be careful then what you make your life about. Because if you want your life to be about reruns of Seinfeld, then guess what? That is what your life will be about. Anybody? I know right now it would be hard to admit it because of the context, but I'm just curious. Right? Whatever it is, I mean, just like, yeah, okay. I, that's, you know what? I, I respect that. Um, if you want your life to be about something, then your life will be about that thing. And Paul says, be careful how you spend it. Be careful what it's about. Don't live like fools. Right? Don't live in a foolish manner, but live like someone who's wise. How do you live like somebody that's wise? It's simple. You make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. The opportunity to do what? Well, the opportunity to do what the Lord wants you to do. What does the Lord want you to do? He wants you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. How do you do that? You share the gospel of Jesus Christ in word, in action, in prayer, in every single way that you can. Don't waste a second. This is, this is the call of Christian life. We just got done with faith in action, and we are celebrating, but here's the deal. It can't stop here. 
we have to keep moving forward. If you got a chance to participate, I am so proud of you. I am. But stop patting yourself on the back. Not that you were doing that, but, but we're moving forward. If you didn't get a chance to participate, there's nobody mad about that. It was three days. It was a snapshot. But we've still got to move forward. And the time to work is now. Be careful how you live. Don't waste any of the time that's been given to you. Make the most of every single opportunity because hell is real. People that you love are going there. Do what the Lord wants you to do. Understand it. And what he wants you to do is love people in his name. Remember 2 Corinthians 5. You are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Jesus makes his appeal through you when he says through you, come back to God. Because God is in heaven no longer counting people's sins against them when they come to the cross. That's your job. Speak for Christ when you say, come back to God. He's not mad at you. He's not holding anything against you. He is waiting and ready to forgive you for every mistake that you've ever made. Just come to the cross. That's your job. That's how you make the most of every opportunity. And if God wires you to stand up here and say that, then don't waste a second. If God wires you to work on a foundation so that people will see that someone loved with the strength of Christ to do work that nobody has done for 30 years so that we can say it's because the gospel of Jesus Christ compels us, then do that work. If it's organizing and filing, then God help you. Because I'm not sure I can. No. Then do that work. Whatever it is. If it's taking a meal to your neighbor because he's lonely, then take a meal to your neighbor because he's lonely. Reach out. Like, you know, I'll, I'll call out Dan and Michelle. I'm just because I happen to know where they live. I saw their house. I drove by it the other day. Just two houses shy of that. Friday morning, I did a funeral for now a widow that lives there because her husband passed away suddenly. She needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? There's work to be done. And you don't need faith and action to do it. Right? But we have to love people now because this is the moment that God's given us. We are to make the most of every single opportunity. We are not to waste a second of it. I've got a lot more things to tell you guys, but listen, listen. I just want us to sit here and understand God has wired you with gifts and abilities. They are not an accident. Because we are in a fallen state, because the world is sinful and broken, a lot of times what happens is our gifts and our abilities get hijacked. They get hijacked, right? But listen to me. Everything that God has put in you, you are able to redeem through the power of the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit for the sake of the gospel. So if you are a talker, go find somebody to talk to. If you are a worker, then go find somebody to work with, right? I mean, if, if you bake things, who doesn't like cookies? I mean, honestly, who doesn't like cookies? We don't trust you either. It's dangerous. If it's landscaping, then put in a garbage disposal. <laughs> right? It makes sense to me. Look, I don't care what it is. I don't care. 
here, here's, here's the thing that I need you to know. God has made you new in Christ. And you have gifts and you have abilities and he has put them in you and they are not for you. It's not for you. It's for the edifying of the church, the building up of the church, and for the advancement of the gospel. Don't live like fools. I know highly skilled, highly skilled, highly influential influential people who live like fools. Not because they're not successful. Not because their life is not good. In fact, a lot of them have really good lives. From a worldly perspective, you would look at your life and you would say, man, they've got it made. They have a nice house. They drive nice cars. They've got decent relationships. They go on vacations. Everything looks the way it's supposed to look. They're going to retire right at 65 like they wanted to. They're going to do all kinds of great things. But you know what? They've wasted it all. They've wasted it all because they haven't poured themselves out for the sake of the gospel. Listen to me, guys. This is too big of it. It's too big. Don't live like fools. Live like those are wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Do what the Lord wants you to do. And I promise you, even though I've got other Bible verses and texts and things that will prove it to you that you can ask me about later, I promise you that what the Lord wants you to do is to be on mission for the sake of his kingdom by being an ambassador of grace, by speaking for Christ when you say, come back to God. And you can do that in your words and you can do it in your deeds. All right. Praise team, why don't you come on up? We're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Um, I, I just want us to sit here for now. Right? There's more to talk about. There's more to do. But, but I think this is just something I want you to think about. I, I will ask you this last question. Teresa, can you just skip to the last slide? All the way to the end. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm just going to ask you to commit to the Holy Spirit. Right? Commit that you will be willing and ready to be interrupted for the sake of the mission. Too many of us are unwilling to be interrupted because what we have to do is so important. And listen, at times, what we have to do is so important. But if we're not willing and ready to be interrupted for the sake of the mission, then we are being foolish. And we're not being wise. And we're not living Um, a life that honors God with everything that he's put in us. So I'm going to pray, we're going to sing, and um, you're going to go home and you're going to take some ibuprofen. That might just be me. Um, And and we're going to relax. But listen, listen to me. I don't care what it is. I promise you that God will put something in your path. Commit to be ready and willing to let your life be interrupted by the Holy Spirit so that you can be on mission. Because it's coming it's coming today. It's coming tomorrow. It's coming. I promise you it's coming. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you for, for the truth that you've given us a mission. We thank you for the privilege that it is to be a part of your mission. We thank you for, for um, God, we just thank you for, for grace. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for salvation, and we thank you for the privilege that it is to do things through the way that you've wired us to bring that grace, the gospel, and salvation to people that need to know it. Father, we are floored by the fact that you use um, the ways that you've wired and geared us, that you've used those things to help save people from hell. Not by our power, but by yours. But God, you choose to use us in that. 
that's unfathomable. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we just thank you for all things. Amen.